Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast, conversations that help people maximize their full potential by helping them understand that life is more like a marathon than it is a sprint. From former athletes, personal trainers, coaches, social media influencers, and entrepreneurs, talk about their journey on and off the field and how they maximize their talents once they hung up their cleats. And here's your host, Matt Joy. In this episode, I interview a former collegiate student athlete that experienced every phase possible as an athlete. From redshirting, being a rotational player, a bench warmer, and finally an all-conference player, this guest wanted to leave a positive mark before he hung up the cleats. Once football was over, he was looking to find a new obsession and eventually got into the fitness industry where he started his own software application to help his clients with their fitness goals. Without further ado, here's episode 11. We're extremely lucky to have an awesome guest, a former teammate of mine from Monmouth University, Manny Marigato. Manny's actually located out of the Freehold, New Jersey area, and he's a personal trainer at RC Performance Training. Manny, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. How about you, man? Awesome, man. You know, it's, it's a gorgeous day out here today. It's, uh, we had some awesome weather, so I can't really complain, even though we're stuck at the house. But um, yeah. you got to kind of make do with what we got, you know? Um, but Manny, if you, before we get started, man, I know my, our Monmouth community we kind of knows about you and your story. Mm-hmm. I guess for the people that don't, um, can you provide a little background about yourself before we get started? Of course. So, name is Manny Marigato. Uh, born and raised in Jersey. Went to high school, Phil Township High School in Jersey. Went to college, Mom's University in Jersey. Played football at high school. Got scholarship. Blessed enough to go to Mom's University. Play there. Was there for about four and a half years. I uh, stayed for my redshirt senior year. And lucky enough to be an all-conference player there. Uh, majored in health studies. And then now I turned my sports career and my health career, my passion for fitness into uh, now a, a professional career where I'm a personal trainer and a strength coach at RC Performance Training. So uh, it's a little blurb on me. You know. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I guess I guess touch, uh, I guess went back in college. So undergrad, it was health studies. Yes. So yeah. at, at that point, like, I, and I don't think I really even knew that about you yet, honestly. Um, did you know that you wanted to tap into training or you had an interest there? So Funny, when I was middle school, I, I first, uh, kind of like a little story for you, for I first hurt my knee in middle school, I needed a new surgery, I needed physical therapy, and I was like, oh, you know, what's a cool career, you know, maybe I want to do physical therapy. Uh, so then, that was kind of like my goal throughout high school, then I got to college, and when I got to college, I realized, well, uh, mom doesn't have a PT program, so I have yeah. to kind of go to grad school at a PT school, for example. Um, and then I realized that's four more years of school. It's eight years <laughs> of school in total. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I don't want to go that route. Um, right. And then I discovered, you know, okay, like for example, a job a strength conditioning coach for our college. Uh, like that would be an awesome career for me. You know, being a football player all my life and having to do with health studies and weights. I love that. So now it's kind of like my direction I'm going towards. Uh, I see. And uh, dude, that's actually interesting because a lot of people like one, like the PT industry, like physical therapists, like. Dude, it's extremely like. Oh, it's so hard. It's hard as hell, but it's getting more popular. I feel like. Oh, it's so hard. Like, you, you, yeah, you, I guess for people that don't want to go to school as long to be a doctor, like being a physical therapist, like it's one like money's like pretty solid, but like um, you still have a lot of that education and knowledge, you know. Yeah, and like I understand, like for a doctor, for example, they go to school for eight years, right? They go four undergrad, four doctor, whatever they got to do residency. I don't know really exactly how that works, but they can they make lots like ample amount of money 400,000 500,000 whatnot for physical therapists I feel like they're capped out a certain point and it's the same exact school and so I'm like okay why well, am I going to school for eight years you know all that debt and you know only be a PT you know I kind of wanted yeah. 
find ways that I can do, find a career that, that, that I could choose that makes X amount of money, but at the same time, it's not as much schooling or not much debt as being a PT. Yeah, I hear you. And it's, it's almost like going through college already, knowing like, like, obviously, like, it's blessed to have a scholarship, but like, when you start thinking about like how much debt you're putting yourself into, it's like, you kind of counterbalance like it's exactly right exactly if i was going to be like a brain surgeon okay now it's worth it because now i'll be making <laughs> half a mil but so that's that's why i kind of like why another reason why other than the schooling because i wasn't the best student in the world right uh why i kind of went towards uh, this direction fitness and, that's know, fair that's fair. awesome so i guess man even before um before monmouth or even before we get into rc training um talk about you as a kid like what were you like were you an athlete were you book smart like were you a musician? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess, like, I like that origin story of, of you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, as a kid, I was actually a ter terrible athlete. I was really okay. bad. Because, <laughs> uh, like, I was always the tallest kid in school. You know, uh -huh. I, I always grew up tall, lanky, awkward. And I really didn't grow my body until, like, I want to say maybe, like, eighth grade. Okay. Seventh, eighth grade. So, before then, I was this big, tall, clumsy kid. You know, playing basketball, only good for rebounds. You know, that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Not another. I, I had zero post moves. Right, okay. Um, but then, actually, around that time, when I hurt my knee in seventh grade, I kind of, like, first started to get some rehab and started to get some type of, like, movement training. I started to get better from there. I turned into a good athlete for my size. And then right. at that point, I turned into a great athlete for high school and then took me to college. So, yeah. I guess so what's like along that way was football was football the sport what other sports were i guess throughout high school when you were younger what else did you play i played honestly i played everything so that's okay. one thing my parents wanted me to get me out of the house as much as possible because i was an annoying ass kid uh-huh so they, they they put me in like literally anything hockey baseball soccer lacrosse uh basketball um obviously football obviously but i played everything so i not saying i'm the best athlete and everything but i you did tried a lot yeah, I, I tried a lot. And football was the one that just came natural to me. And right. it was the one that I was the best at. So that's why I, I chose that one to move forward with. Gotcha. And when, like, when was that decision? Was that in high school when you were like, all right, like, I see myself more potential in, in this sport versus the others? And, like, were you kind of putting more of your time and attention onto just football? Or were you still kind of diving into other stuff at that point? When I got to high school, I played uh, – I did three. I did football, lacrosse, and basketball. Those were, like, my three favorite sports. Okay. Uh, but then – I realized, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start varsity the sophomore football, lacrosse. I was, I was like, I was starting GB, but like, like third, second string of varsity and basketball. Again, I was never like the most basketball gifted player. You know, I love basketball, favorite sport, my favorite sports to watch. I never really was that 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 I guess that gifted in it. So, but I guess for you, it's more like being a role player and just part of the team. Obviously, yeah, exactly. And one thing also that I like about football is like I feel like. That was my best way to make an impact in the, in the game. Whereas, like, in basketball, again, I was just the guy who gets boards and occasional putbacks here and there. Like, right. I, I was never, like, like, the guy, you know? Yeah, I hear you. And, hear you. and as a competitor, I like being the guy. So, on football, playing defensive line, you can easily take over a game, you know, and, and that's what I love. Right. So I, went, I went that route. Hundred, I like that. I like that. So, I guess now, so you as a football player, were you always a defensive end? Were you like the young Manny, the lanky one? Was he a different position? Like, I did, I did a little tight end, so I'm not gonna lie to you. I did a little okay. tight end, yeah, a little bit. That's a pretty good tight end. Uh, in high school, uh, freshman year, we had uh, I played tight end, and I was pretty good at that. And the end, then really, what really uh, killed me was with that was that next year we changed coaches, we changed offensive schemes, and we did triple option. Uh. Triple option. So I had the block now. Now 
I went from tight end to catching pass touchdowns to being a right tackle and blocking <laughs> and cutting blocking. And bro, let me tell you, I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> It makes so, you. Uh, it makes you wish you were going back and uh, catching a couple passes. I'm sure. I mean, now I'm playing flags, so and now I'm doing that a little bit. Just kidding, you know, it, it, it just to get the catch just get that person a little bit. Yeah, but, 100%. But uh, no, yeah, I, I, I thought honestly, I thought I was going to go to college to play tight end. I really did. I swear to God. And then well, obviously, then that fell through. I was okay, but I'm so I'm pretty good at DN too. Let me do that also. And right. Lucky enough, I did. And I won Division One. Like, that was my goal. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously, dude, I mean, like a lot of kids, especially high school kids, going D1 or like earning a scholarship is like kind of the end all, not the end all goal, but like it's something that along the journey, like you're trying to check off, you know? And mm -hmm. I think for you, like kind of being able to find yourself and I'm sure, and, and maybe you can answer this, is like you were probably able to gain some skills from those other sports. Like oh, yeah. a, a lot of coaches now talk about about like multi sports, not even just coaches, but a lot of physical therapists and trainers talk about multi sport athletes. Hundred percent. How beneficial it is because sometimes when you're training one specific movement, your body starts to get used to that, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you were able to take some stuff from lacrosse, from basketball, even you as a kid, the other sports that you were able to play. Oh, of course, of course. Like for example, I think it was Odell was saying, although Odell was talking about how he started playing soccer first. That's why he like his his you started so young that his footwork is so crazy now in the league that he's you know he's killing it. Mm -hmm. A lot of players just say that all the time. How like okay, this for example, basketball helped me with my jumping ability. And I that's one thing when I have kids one day, I like to put them in all types of sports too, just to kind of get them to hone with their athletic ability more. Hundred percent. And obviously, like, and it's funny because for me, like, I feel like I didn't tap into that enough because yeah. obviously in high school, maybe like I think at some point, like even for you, like when you kind of know, like, all right, like, this is kind of more my interest or love, and this is, like, what you want to put your time into, obviously, like, putting time into one thing to be an expert or to be really good at it is going to help you to kind of move and get to that goal, if it is to get a scholarship to the next level. At the same time, like, you can kind of argue and say, all right, well, if you kind of did basketball and lacrosse, maybe you would have been even more skilled in certain areas that you never practiced, right? Yeah. So I, I can kind of see the, the counterbalance, but Obviously, like, especially when you're getting to your junior and senior year, when you probably start realizing, like, all right, like, I think basketball or football is going to be the future. Uh, I think it is important to put more time into it. But at the same time, that doesn't discredit the fact that it's, it's still critical for an athlete to kind of train those multi-sport, um, oh, you know, sports and stuff like that. So um, I definitely hear you on that. That's um, one thing also, like, if I can go back, I feel like I would stick around more with lacrosse and basketball because I stopped both around sophomore year. Yeah. It was only on football. I hear you. And now, you know, now that you said your coach talking about, oh, you know, like Coach Steve was saying, like, oh, you know, I, I, I want to have a player that plays three sports, you know, because now it shows that they're athletic in all in different sports other than football. I wish I, I could have gone and done that a little more. Yeah, I, I and trust me, dude, I, I feel the same way, but um, I'm sure both of us is like understanding like the path that we were on. It's it's mm -hmm. still awesome to to kind of get to the point that was still a, a great goal to achieve, you know. Yeah. So I, I think it's like it's almost like you kind of live with no regrets in that sense, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, still blessed to go gone Division One and gone scholarship to play. So exactly, I'm and, and that's the, that type of stuff. You, it's 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 hard to 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 kind of take away, you know. Yeah. Sweet. So I guess oh, so many now. I kind of transitioning your time at Monmouth. What was that transition like as a high school kid going D one? Because obviously now, like even at mom it's like competition is, is there right it's, like, uh -huh. it's not it's not like in high school when you're a big fish in a small pond so I guess yeah. talk about your transition as a, as a college athlete 
it was tough, I will say, because coming from high school, I went to high school that we didn't really win that much in football. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, when I tell you how many games we won in three years that I started, you're going to be a little upset. We, we won eight games, bro. Eight games. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's so, like opposite of my me and Donnell school, but yeah, no. But I, I remember a freshman year coming in, everyone's talking about how many games they won, their state rings. Comparing to high schools, I'm like, I can't say anything because we're terrible. You know, right. <laughs> I'm just like, damn, okay, must be nice to win. Uh, so then, when I was there, so then in my school, going to Division One, I, I was like the biggest star in school. You know, going to Division One, oh wow, and on this great, on this terrible team, he's the best player, yada, yada. Right. So when I got to school, you know, I got a little humbled at first. I'm like, okay, now I'm at this school with other players that are the best player in their team, and they're actually winning. And then, obviously, I came in like that. Like, I was still tall and kind of lanky. I came in like a 220. Right. And it was definitely it was definitely a game changer. Like, seeing guys like, seeing like guys like Nell the first day, I'm like, <laughs> right there. Is that the you have to go against? Seeing, like, O-Lyman. I remember, like, who was one? Hunchak, for example, seeing yep. him at first because you know, he was there. I was like, what? I have to go against this guy? Uh-huh. I'm looking at my arms. I'm like, this is me, you know. <laughs> so it, it definitely was an experience. And that camp, I will say, it was the first time. And I hate to say it, the first time I kind of questioned how much I really love football. Because I loved it going up into it. I loved it. I really did. Right. And then freshman year, I was like, wow. I mean, two days, not fun. Yeah. In August ain't fun. And that was – I don't remember, Troy. That was when – it was still, year. like, cool. Like, it was still it acceptable was, to go two days like crazy. It was – I'm saying, it was, it was a hard training camp. Like, my senior year, it was, it was cakewalk. Now, like, yeah. back then, it was, it was hard. It was, like, one off day the entire month, I think it was, or two off days, whatever it was. I was like, wow. Really, you have to question, really, how much do I love the sport, you know? And, obviously, and, like, one thing I, I, always, I always say is, like, guys like you, the receivers, that they go out, run the, run the routes, and catch passes, it's fun. I'm, 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 in, bro, I'm in the trenches with these big dudes, you know, and I'm undersized. I'm getting bullied around a little bit in this uh-huh. heat. So it's definitely – touch your love a little bit. So it took me uh, times to adjust. Man, it's funny you say that because I was about to bring that up because, like, it, it is it, – you, you you're 100% right. Like, yeah. for a receiver or a skill guy, it's easier to kind of come in because it, it's very normal if you just – hey, you're just running routes. Obviously, you're yeah. going against some DBs. We had Tev Brandon at the time who played in the NFL. Like, yeah. some good DBs. But to your point, there's not that sheer size disadvantage yet. No. Like you're talking it's about you're 18 going in. Hunchback, yeah. some of these guys are 22, 23, 24. Uh-huh. And it's like there's a size, age, 100%. strength, and it's a big gap. 100%. Like, that's why I, I used to always, like, hate when some receivers complain about practice. Like, bro, you're out there catching passes, having a good old time. I'm here in the trenches with, with like, Stoneberg, for example. Every single okay, going but at I will it, you know? say that for receivers, though, like, in terms of – how much mileage on on your legs that you're, you're oh yeah oh, exactly. okay. that is yeah. an argument but i hear you it, is it more enjoyable to catch a pass and score yes but then, i think they're, they're, I, look i'm gonna defend my receivers dog look <laughs> Kyrie, look look reds Vinny, all those guys know da like when you're in camp and there's receivers hurt and you're mm-hmm. you're taking multiple reps like oh, yeah. your legs are hurt you know what i'm saying no, i'm not, not trying to discredit these linemen because like I, obviously you me look i had me and now on the podcast already bro you know, it's all love for the D line. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. I'm playing around a little bit, but <laughs> that, but that's when I came in. So I'm, I came in, and again, I'm just like taking down blocks, getting hit, all like um, inside drill. Oh my, oh my god, this is killing me. Right. So it definitely took me time to adjust. That's one thing I will say. I feel like at Monmouth, I experienced like every single phase you can experience. I experienced the redshirt phase. I've experienced the the I'll play only a certain situation phase. I experienced not even playing at all phase. 
you know, an experience being a star and an experience being all conference. Right. I feel right. like I've done it all. So I feel like that's one thing that I kind of enjoyed also at the end of it was that I can relate to a lot of people that with any kind of part of any kind of phase in their career that they're going through. No, hundred percent. And, and I love that you brought that up because, um, you know, one of my questions is it kind of talks about delayed gratification versus instant gratification. And yeah. I think that touches on it perfectly. And if you can kind of expand on that, Manny, um, I guess mentally, where you were at, at at those stages and what was the most difficult? Was it being a guy that just was like kind of contributing, but not really a the guy guy or like, did it suck more being the red shirt or not starting? You know what I'm saying? So guys, you don't have to dive deep into all of them, but like, I guess two or three that kind of highlight for you that you saw some growth in yourself throughout the process. Uh, that's a good question. Um, definitely the hardest one was my i think my junior year junior year so now i'm a, i'm a junior year i'm an upperclassman mm-hmm. all right and i came into camp and i was going to season i was second string so i played a good amount right, right. uh but then i kind of like as the year went on i started to see my number of plays drop a little bit more and more yeah and then to a point where i was like last I think two games i i think i got like five or, or sometimes even no snaps right and I'm an upperclassman, all right? So now I feel like, wow, okay, I'm about to go. Well, it's going to next year. Now I'm about to go my entire career in Monmouth, right? Go, I went from being the one kid that went Division One at, at my high school. Yeah. To start the team, to go in here. And now I have, like, zero games I've started. I made zero impact in the team, zero impact in, like, in Monmouth football history and whatnot. So that was definitely a, a tough year for me. I had to really kind of, like, just – kind of like find myself and say okay what am I going to do here am I going to do anything and make my impact so then that going that spring when my senior year I think I had the best spring ever because I, I you know what it was honestly I, I felt I just cared again I, mm. like I, I kind of like lost track of caring I cared more about I feel like I cared more about school and going out and yeah, and yeah. at that point I think you know get back on track to okay I came here for football I got a scholarship football let me let me show coach Cal that it wasn't a waste of scholarship Right. 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 And I cared more. And that's when I really started to grow as a player in that spring ball. And I went on to start that year. And mm-hmm. from there, I feel like my career really changed 180 on that one. I, I, and, I, and I will like attest to that just because I'm, I'm really thinking about it now because, you know, you took a 50 and I actually didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, you obviously able to take advantage of that last year and like it kind of blossomed into you being that all conference guy. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's awesome about your story. And I think you just hit the nail on the head in terms of you experienced every single emotion, mm-hmm. right? Like being a redshirt guy that, all right, you have no plan of playing this year. Then you were a guy that just didn't play. Then you were a guy that contributed, but obviously I know what it's like being a, a rotational receiver too, right? Where you're just kind yeah. of, all right, you're in when the starter is getting tired for a player. Exactly. And you can so only like, do so much with that limited number of reps, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, then, and then you kind of saw the, the, like the, the blossomed effect of your first year and then kind of being the guy, right? And yeah. You kind of and obviously buying into that, right? Because it's a five-year process, man. Like a lot of guys, to your point, they might have after that junior year been like, "All right, like I, I don't want to come back, or I'm going to transfer, or this is not the right mm-hmm. fit," and they kind of are down and out. Mm-hmm. It's like what's what snapped? It, you said that you just cared, but I guess like what brought that back? Like was it the fact that you knew that a lot of older guys were gone and that you would have a better opportunity, or was it something in your own head that was like, "All right, like, like this is my passion. Like I want to, I really want to take advantage of it right now," you know? It was just. 
what was it really? I, I really was just honestly just not being that that waste. You know, because you, I mean, you've seen a lot of guys that come to Monmouth or, and that they're on full scholarship, they're on scholarship athletes and whatnot, yeah. and then they don't turn out at all. You know, they don't play or uh, honestly uh, injuries happen too. That's right. just them can't, can't control, but they don't play nothing. And they're, I don't want to say they're a waste, but they, they didn't blossom as much as the coaches intended they would when they were recruiting. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be that one on like a bust. Mm. And that's when I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go all four years here in Monmouth and not play at all. Yeah. And not start. Then when I graduate, people ask me, oh, how's your, you know, you, are you the football? How'd you do? And I, I none, none, none to show for it. So that's when I get kind of snapped. And I was, you know what? Let me, let me go out to spring ball. Let me just go back to loving the game and trying the best and just going back to, because I remember I, I was like, you know what? I used to be a dog in high school. I mean, let me go back and be a dog again. You know, let me try and see what I can do. And sure enough, it kind of just clicked. And already all it was is effort, just kind of just caring more. Yeah. In the extra work and just really, I don't want to keep saying the word effort, but effort. Yeah. Just taking it like the extra mind. And it's, it's interesting because like obviously people that understand our team and, and where we were at the years you and I were there, it's very different than what it is now. Or what hundred percent, hundred percent, right? Yeah. So the environment and atmosphere at Monmouth wasn't what it's like now, and it's at an yeah. elite status right now, right? Oh, hundred percent. I, I'm lucky enough to kind of like was Touched the it. first year, yeah, exactly the first year we were elite. Uh, 2017, uh, we went all the way to Big Stuff Championship. You know, yeah. we lost. So I'm gonna talk about it, but the fact that you know we, I, I was part of that team, I was you know a big part of that team, really really kind of like just seal the deal for me okay you know what I did my time here I left my mark in a way uh now seeing them finally beat Kennesaw and get that ring makes me so happy because I feel like I was a part of that 100% you know, even though it wasn't a team but I was kind of like the first part to send the stones to send the blocks up to what they are without now without a doubt without a doubt and like that's something that obviously like you know you and that year's team like you, that's something that you guys can take away and, and obviously being a part of that stadium which was something that was so oh awesome you know sought out for especially yeah. for guys like that that didn't <laughs> playing it yeah. Um, but yeah I mean it's it's definitely it's something it's something special to, to definitely remember you know and I think you can proudly say that you you left your mark there and I think as a man like that's that's the biggest thing right? oh it's, it's something like now like I used to I feel like now mom is like you said like they're on the map now like everyone like I feel like now we're, we're, we're talked about more people want to go to Monmouth more and yeah, people recognize as a, as a honestly a top a top FCS school like now we're ranked so I mean, dude, it literally got. I'm pretty sure Evan posted. You saw that thing he posted. It was the top private school in FCS. Yeah, like, like there's some, like mom is like, like. I feel like now, like you said, they're like a nationally known school, and maybe not nationally, but like I mean, in the northeast, without a doubt. Especially. No, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, in the FCS, we ended. I mean, then this year they ended it. I think ranked 12th. I right, mean, that's fair. That's. So I, I, I mean, somewhat, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're not like known everywhere, but like in the FCS, you know, I feel like if you're ranked, then people know you. Somewhat, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying the fact that if I go to, if you go to San Diego right now, or if oh, you, well, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you <laughs> I ask know what you mean. All right, you know, fair, you fair. Know what Monmouth is, and yeah, I mean, like national is like, all right, you go to Florida, and people know you know where Alabama, right? Like, teams in time. So I, I think, and I'm not trying to be double advocate, but um, I do think Monmouth's rise is, is it's been, it, they propelled their, their name. Their yeah, program. no, I think I saw a tweet that was like in the past three years where like top five for wins or something or no something like that like top top 10 yeah. for wins and it's it's crazy you know like we really turned around yeah. so 
Um, that's awesome, man. And and obviously, shout out to Mammoth and Coach Cal and and, and shout all out that. Mammoth, Coach Cal. Yeah. Um, it's like it's made now. So after the fifth year, what what mm-hmm. happened after that? Like transition and kind of, I guess. Did you try pro day? Did you not? Did you go into the workforce? Like I guess talk about after being done with that fifth year and, and mm. getting that gratifying feeling. What happened from there? Well, I wanted to do a pro day bad, but one thing. So my last year, so before my last year, my redshirt senior year, I I got back surgery in that March. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a microdiscectomy. They removed part of my uh, disc. Okay, and it was. It was more, I don't know, it was tough because now I feel like, how can I explain this? Um, I feel like after I, I uh, got that surgery, it kind of took a mental hit on me because now I'd be like, okay, now, now I feel like, okay, I have this bad back, missing part of my disc, you know, and I, I'm not saying I was scared, but it made you think about it a little more. Yeah. Right? So yeah. going that season, I started off great like the first six I think first five games I had like a sack every single game so I like five sacks in five games so I'm, I'm eating right then we had I think a bye week and after that if you looked at tape from the first half second half I just looked like I was hurting mm. and it really was like it took me you guys like Teddy for example you use my housemate in the morning it took me like half an hour to just kind of go from be hunched over it's upright uh. it, it hurt bad like if I sneezed it hurt yeah so i like to say I kind of like kind of like crawled to the finish line at the end of that season mm. uh but I was happy we were still winning but physically though it was taking a toll on me right so after the season was over I was like you know what do I do a pro day do I kind of just hang it up here and I decided you know what let me just hang it up let me kind of go into my career a little bit right so that's when I I got two uh two epidural shots in my back um started doing a little rehab myself and I started studying for my uh, certification. That's where I learned a little bit more about the body. Right. And so I became a trainer and took me to where I am today. Awesome. Also, I guess, okay, so kind of tapping into where you are. So RC training, performance training, I guess talk a little bit about what that is, what you guys do. Um, Is it in Freehold? It's in Howell, which is, it's uh, next to Freehold. Okay. So I guess, yeah, talk about RC. Well, one thing, I didn't start working there until uh, this past June. But you so were training I, there back in. No, 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 no. Not even training that. I was just like, so actually, the guy that owns the gym, he went to Monmouth too. He, he, oh, okay. he, played soccer, he played soccer in Monmouth. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he, I knew him from Monmouth and I know his little brother. We were friends growing up. Uh, but after college, I got a job at Central State Fitness and Wellness Center. And that's when I first got my, my first training job. Um, and I will say one thing the reason why I kind of like chose this path to training was because I learned so much about the body, just studying and training, that I kind of helped my own back in a way. And now, like, I've never felt better than I do right now. Mm. So that's kind of one reason why I kind of – another reason to answer your question, I chose this path. Um, but that gym that I work at, it's more of like a mom and dad type gym. So people are a little older. Yeah. And I've always wanted to work for athletes. Like I said, I want to work at a college one day. That's when I got uh, the job offer for RC back in June. As you know what, let me start this transition towards the athletes. That's okay. And I've been there ever since. Awesome. Also, and obviously they're dealing with a lot youth guys, some high school guys, some Yeah. Yeah. I have some some clients that are middle school. most of them are high school high school seniors and I got a couple right now in college. So I'm doing pretty well there so far, I'm blessed to say. Awesome. Awesome. And then man, where did you uh what uh what accreditation did you get for the cert? Right now I have an ISSA. Okay. Uh, and I am actually in the process right now of 
studying for my CSCS. That's one thing I, I've been trying to study for a while. Then I kind of like lost track of it because mm-hmm. I want to focus on other things. Now that, you know, we're currently quarantined, nothing else to do. So now I've been just, you know, in the book studying. That's all. So I guess, I guess talk about your experience with ISSA because I know that that's the one that is done online. Yeah. And it's pretty much like it's, it's a well-respected one because it's, it's universal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess talk about your experience studying for it. How hard was it? For anyone listening, you know, I'm just think, think about if you were like listening, you want to get a cert. Yeah. What your what your takes are on the ISSA? Um, I thought it was a pretty. It was definitely very, uh, very detailed. I will say, because okay. um, obviously, you know, it's not like you're not taking it in person, you're taking it online. So they have to make sure that you know your stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. So definitely very detailed. Um, my favorite part of it was pro. There's a in the end of it. There's a program part where you kind of program for a mock athlete mm-hmm. i think another thing is for mock athletes program for and i really took my time with that I really kind of i kind of took that as like okay you know what these are my four athletes that i'm gonna really program for and give them the best program possible and i used I, honestly i think i used every part of the book almost in a way to really program whether it be like programming for this, this cycle or they're going to the sport a month from now it's their off season so i really took every consideration into it and i feel like that's the part that i really enjoyed most about it Right. Uh, and to people out there that would like to take it, I personally recommend it. Uh, it it's, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's the hardest thing in the world, but it's very in-depth and you're going to learn a lot. That's, I think, and, and that's kind of a, I think a good tip. And obviously, like, if you want to go the commercial gym route, ISSA is definitely well-respected, but in some gyms, and you might want to check, you know, the gym that you're trying to apply for just to make sure that they approve with that certification. Cause sometimes gyms are picky and they want like the oh, yeah, they are. commercial they ones, are. Like the NASM or mm-hmm. ACE or, or, or the NSCA or stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. So just think, yeah. Just keep that in mind. Obviously the ISSA is obviously if you look up training certification, there's like 20 of them. So, oh, yeah. you know, finding the one that's going to suit best for what you're looking for is going to probably be ideal. Yeah. Like and if, for one thing for me, like obviously I like to one day, I keep saying, you know, we're going to college that mm-hmm. they required a lot more because yep. now uh, at that point, everyone can train. It's more about, okay, can you run the room, run the team? Can you run uh, they're like the team full of 50 people? Right. Like, there's got to be some type of leadership. Cap- exactly. Right? So they require a lot more. They re- now they're looking at people like a master's degrees. So they, they require a lot there. And honestly, I understand because like you said, you have to run. They like, you know, we, we, we look back and think about it. Like, at Monmouth, when we had lifts, it'd be like twenty guys, thirty guys in the room. Yeah, we'd be able to kind of be the one to control the entire room. If this guy asks you a question, or this guy hurts himself, this guy has injuries coming back from it, you'd be able to kind of take consideration. Okay, you do this, you don't do that. Maybe you go over here and do something else differently and control yeah. 10, 15 racks. It's it's a lot. It's definitely it a, a high energy, high like great atmosphere to be in. Exactly, hundred percent. And, and obviously it helps having, you know, other athletes that somewhat know what they're doing because as a trainer, like, all right, maybe I don't need to go to Manny because he kind of knows how to squat or anything, right? So mm-hmm. I, I can see like the, the pros and cons of it, but you're without a doubt. It's it's hectic. It's a lot of energy and you kind of got to be on your P's and Q's while you're in there, especially. 100%. Like, like they always say like um, the head coach is the coach for, I think, what is like four or five months of the year. Then the strength coach is the head coach for the other eight. Like that's legit. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like when when we're not in season, like how often do you see Cal? Not really. Right. But how often do you see the strength coach? Right. Amanda, all, all the time. Or Tim, or whoever. Yeah, all the time. 
winter conditioning, summer workouts, training camp. You're with them all the time. 100%. So, and then think about how much time you're spending even when it's not organized lifts. Because I know you and I both were kind of more workout warriors in the sense of finding off time on days and you're not having mm-hmm. a mandatory lift to, to get yourself in there. Yeah. Um, and it, it, to your point, it, it does become a habit. And I think for um, being trainers now, it's, it's so funny because you kind of look at it and it's like, damn. In, in the middle of it, while you're getting trained by them, you're just like, yo, like, 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 uh, what was her name? Um, who was the assistant? Amanda? No, the... Bree? Bree, yeah, Bree. Okay. Like, I, I love Bree. Like, Bree was awesome. Like, there'd be times that she'd be like, man, like, slow down on your RDLs or your split lunges. Or, and it's just like having that person hold you accountable because it is like, not that you want to cheat as a player, but like sometimes when you're tired and, and you're just trying to feel sorry for yourself, mm-hmm. you try to find ways where you can kind of be more comfortable, you know? Okay. And it's just dope now because I'm sure you sit back and you're like, damn, how do I make my athletes feel uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess now if you can um, talk about, I guess, your, your style of programming, Manny, and, mm-hmm. and how you've been able to kind of track the progress of your athletes and stuff like that. So my style, so my style of programming, I, when it comes to training, I feel like it's sometimes best to keep it simple. Um, I just, I don't want to dive deep into it too much, right. but one thing like I could do, for example, like on leg day, if the main lift is, uh, we're sorry, I like on, on a workout day, if the main lift is squatting. All right. I want to do then I always like to do one main lift and then like a single leg exercise that is the opposite of that one. So if I'm doing squatting, I'll do okay, single leg RDLs. So I kind of want, I, I'm very big on doing like single leg or single okay. leg training. Right. Because one thing, you know, when you're in sports, how often you're going to be perfectly square squatting. You're not. You're going to be off balance or on stagger a little bit. So it's best to be strong on one foot than be strong on both square. You, right. you know what I mean? 100%. 100%. Um, and then it's your second part of the question. One, uh, one way I track all my workouts is using my app that I have that I know right now um, is out there. It's called Gym Dex. Okay. Um, I, I created that with my buddy of mine uh, a while ago. I want to say when we first created. Funny, I, sh- I came to him a couple months after I graduated, so it's been uh-huh. a minute. Uh, but it, it takes time to make software, which I had no idea about. <laughs> but I've been using that, and that's one thing that really helped me as a trainer was just logging everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing actually to talk about that a little more. When I finished school and I got the job Central State, I was a little let down the fact that this gym wasn't collecting any fitness data. Mm. A, lot, a lot of trainers were just kind of like, they would go in and they would either wing it or they'd use paper and notebooks and then the notebook's done, they throw it away. Yeah. And, and obviously you, you play division one football, you play you, you with me and you know that everything in the weight room is locked. Yeah. Either we're on cards, you put an Excel sheet, whatnot, it's locked. So I was used to that and I was like, okay, how do you guys know what your clients are doing? How do you guys know how to progress your clients and whatnot? And I was a little bummed out that they didn't have that. So then I was, you know, let me take initiative and kind of do it the way I envision myself. And I've always been very like, I've always been a big fan of like, numbers and stats. So I met with my one friend. Well, he actually, when I first met him, he was my cousin's friend. Now I always work close as hell because we uh-huh. work together every single day. Yeah. Um, and he loved the idea because he used to be a little heavier. He lost weight. So he's in the fitness himself. So we both start working on that and blossom into what it is now. So. So I guess, and, and kind of touch on the functionality, what you're able to do in the app. And mm-hmm. obviously for, and, and I can leave this in the show notes for anyone interested in, if you want to use the app for yeah. yourself, if you are an athlete, mm-hmm. or if you're a trainer trying to um, log your information of your clients better, 
Um, mm -hmm. I'll definitely leave it in the show notes for people to, to, to access. So I guess talk about the functionality, man. Like what kind of separates to gym decks versus um, what else is out there? So the one thing that I like to say about it, it's, it's very easy to use, very simple. Uh, we try to just take the simple parts of personal training and just use that. For example, I'm, like I've, I've played around with a couple other apps out there, like my PT Hub or uh, I think Train Heroic is another one I use. There's a ton. There, 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 there's a yeah, lot. There's but, a ton. <laughs> but one thing that I've seen is that they can kind of pricey and they, they yeah. charge you per client. Yep. So if you have 20 clients, it's like 60, 70 bucks a month, right? And on top of that, they had the reason why they upsell so much because they have so many features that when I used it, I really didn't kind of use any of the really, I just used the training part. They have like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm a nutritionist, so maybe that's why I use it, but they have nutrition here. They have the, some, some scale, I don't know, there's, there's a scale graph. There's a lot of things that I feel like I went on use. Mm -hmm. and with mine, it's literally just, okay, you log training, you program with it, and then you online and like now, for example, with the whole quarantine going on, I'm, uh, our whole our, our whole approach is okay, online training. So I'm gonna send programs out to my clients. It's easy for them to just fill in what they do. I can view it. I can coach them up on it. Um, so that's kind of like I'm not saying that we're completely different. We 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 reinvent the wheel a little bit. Our are just I feel like just a simple product that is just the the bread and butter of the fitness industry. Right. And, and, and I've seen it. It's, it's extremely, um, it's a, it's very simple and efficient. Like I, I like the, and I, you kind of show me some of the functionalities in terms of like mm -hmm. one, like Manny has many in his team, like they've created an exercise, like a, I guess you can call it like a reference in a sense mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. different various exercises that, that people would be doing, whether you're a beginner or more of an expert in fitness in general. Yeah. And kind of like to Manny's point, like, when you're trying to log, hey, what did I bench three weeks ago or squat, right? Like you want to have a frame of reference and, and, and obviously people have good memory, but there's a ton of things going on with life, right? It's like yeah. pop up into an app and it just says, hey, oh, on February 10th, you squatted 300 or it just kind of lays it out for you. It's uh -huh. it easier for the athlete or the coach to just be like, hey, like this is how, how much we progress or regress mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. That's one thing. Like I know some trainers that have like 20 clients. And they don't log for any of their clients. And I'm, I'm like, how do you know what they're progressing? You, you kind of just grab weights here, do this. I feel like, I feel like in a way, that's just wasting their money. Because right. now, like, the people are paying, and training expensive nowadays. It is. Like, you're, you're paying X amount of dollars for what? Your, your trainer just talk to you for an hour and give you weights to do? No, like, if I'm paying you lots of money, I want to be able to have everything that I do in that gym logged. And I want to be progressed the best way and see my results. That's one thing that all my clients love about training with me is I log everything from yeah. the stretches to the prehab to the actual workouts to everything's logged. And whenever they ask me, okay, uh, how did I do on uh, squat last month? I tell them, oh, you did uh, 350. They will do, you know, excited, you know, whatever it is. And they all love it. And that's one thing I will say that has helped me with my training career and my, and my overall business. And, and it, I want to just touch on this man in the sense that obviously every client is different. hundred percent. Like, like, to kind of argue your point of like, not everyone, like, so, like some people maybe like they don't, they don't really care like what they mm. actually did. Like, I think a lot of older clients. Someone a friend for an hour. That's all it is. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> and, and, and you're their accountability partner. Right. And obviously like your goal in that hour is to kind of push them, but they don't necessarily want to throw the heaviest weights on and yeah. they want to obviously get more into just better shape. So I, I, I hear you hundred percent. I think a lot of younger athletes, it's mm. critical to kind of track their progress because 
when you're in that elite performance side of training, like you're hundred percent, right? Like your results are how you get paid. Yeah. If, if you, if a kid comes to your program and doesn't get that much stronger or faster then their parents are kind of looking at you like, all right, well, what did I just spend my money somewhere else? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think there is a counterbalance there. I think understanding your client and what their end all goals are. And I'm not saying that general population people don't want goals either. Cause I know you told me that you have clients that are some older guys that, that they, they like that challenge of, mm -hmm. Oh man, like, I did 55 pounds on my dumbbell incline press. Oh, like I want to do 60s a day, 65 yeah. or whatever it might be. So I think the biggest thing with that is as a trainer is one, understand who your client is and, and, and figure out what their goals are to then create a program that's going to work best for them. And, and if you kind of create that framework, it's, it's, it's a win-win for both the trainer and the client. It is. And like, even like with clients, cause I first, like I said, I first got my start in a, in a, like a, um, like an overall gym, with uh, Central State was all like support damn i just lost it uh jerk population gym which is all you know moms dads of exactly. all ages there they don't really care as much about okay how much can i clean you know they care more about just going in getting a good sweat and getting out but even with them i still log at everything because it, it's still something that they look forward to and they want to chase that number with you so even if, if they're not seeing the results as uh, they're, like they're not seeing the same impact as an athlete because they obviously need to be able to perform the sport them is more just living and prolong their life but it still helps them out because they love that the challenge of pushing themselves to the next number and helps them and helps them see oh training is working i'm, I'm getting stronger here or i'm doing this longer you know so, um, I, was that first gym more like a commercial gym yeah okay so i guess yeah. I, can you touch on this manny for commercial versus private gyms mm -hmm. i guess pros and cons um, your experiences with both? Because I know a lot of people like the commercial is definitely an easier way to kind of, it's, it's a good way to get into your foot in the door. Yeah. Right? Like obviously like every, if you're trying, there's a ton of trainers out there right now. Um, get your foot in the door to a commercial gym, kind of see how everything flows. And then maybe if you want to take that jump to a private gym, mm -hmm. um, taking that jump, but obviously there's pros and cons with both. So I guess talk about the, your experiences with that. So commercial gym, pros and cons. So one pro about it, it's definitely the place you want to kind of get started first because it's easier to get into. Um, and you're exposed to a lot more clients. Uh, some gyms have a couple thousands of clients and you see them day in and day out. So it's, it's almost like, it's almost like you're swimming in a tank with them. You see them all the time. Okay. I see this client all the time. I see him there. So you expose them more and it's easier to kind of grow your business. But the one con of it about that is obviously now there's overhead. So now you're capped at a certain rate. Yep. Um, that's one thing that, yes, it, it's more of like, I'm, I'm, my opinion, I guess my opinion, I feel like that's more of like the, the, the safer option because you're capped at this as opposed to the private gym. Now it's okay. It's harder to get clients. That's a con because now you there's no more exposure to all these clients at the gym working out. You have to bring clients in, mm -hmm. but the pro of it though, that you, there's no, there's no ceiling. You can charge whatever you want. Um, you can make your own schedule and it's more flexible. So if I would recommend to trainers out there, I personally would start commercial first, kind of build up a little bit of your training confidence, your training business. Yep. And then from there, once you're ready, you have a good clientele base, go over to a private gym. If someone to go with you, I like some, I will say have gone with me, so I'm blessed about that. Uh, but definitely build your brand first commercial gym before you go to private. Private, rather right the gate is tough. Unless right. you have, you know, like, unless you have- A ton of clients in the book. Yeah, a couple clients in the book, or you know, if you have like, if if your name holds a weight in your area, if people know about you, they'll come train with you. It's fine too, but it's definitely tougher to build up a book of business 
in private gym, but it pays off in the end. Right. But I mean, obviously, even in the private gym and, and, and talking about like uh, overhead, I mean, there's there's still sometimes overhead at a private gym. Oh, yeah, there is. But right? I mean, I think it's a little bit less in the sense of like what you would get at a, at a commercial gym. Mm-hmm. A lot of commercial gyms sometimes too, like um, you might be hourly on certain like when you're just working the floor or whatever it might be. Yeah. There's a lot more variables in it. But versus yeah. the private, to your point, like, hey, I bring in the people, you know, they're coming in for, for Manny and I'm going to charge them X amount. And obviously every structure is a little bit different in every business model, but yeah, there's definitely some type of, of overhead a little bit. It is like, for me, I pay rent. So I rent space at the gym. Right. Um, but then after I'm done paying the rent, it's just whatever I make, I make my pocket. And like I said, it definitely takes time to build up your book of business. But once you're built up and established, I definitely, uh, I definitely prefer private over commercial gym. Right. So I guess, man, and, and kind of staying on the, the personal training topic, what, like, what's been the biggest struggle in, in your opinion? Like kind of just tapping into this industry, right? It's very, it's, it's a saturated industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what's been some challenges, I guess, what are some wins that you've seen along the way? Um, I guess kind of your perspective of your journey just in the past, even, you know, two years, three years. One of the challenges, uh, one of the challenges is, Starting out, starting out is the toughest because when you have a notebook of business, yeah. you're like, for example, like when I was at the commercial gym, you're on floor. You're just on floor aimlessly for a couple of hours. <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely a little bit of a morale kick because you're like, you see guys training out there with like client after client after client. You're just there, you know, moving weights, cleaning the floor a little bit. It definitely takes a hit at first because it, it takes time to build up. But once you get built up, it's definitely a lot more it's definitely easier and it gets better. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I go into work every single day. Think of, think about it. you and I go into work every single day wearing, you know, shorts and t-shirt. Yeah. You know, bless. I mean, bless. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> even, even when you start out, even when you start out, yeah, you, you might be a little down that you don't have as many clients as the next guy, but in the day, you know, it, it took them, you know, months and years to get where they are and know. they're happy as hell as they can be. All you do is just kind of work towards it. So definitely building up, business is tough at first another tough part i will say is sometimes honestly and it's a good problem to have is fitting all your clients in the day yeah obviously you're limited in amount of hours in a day um and training takes energy you know walking around on your feet and whatnot and sometimes you forget to even eat sometimes like i kind of like oh well that damn i forgot to eat lunch you know and eat something real quick so definitely getting organized and kind of getting a good structured schedule so you have time to eat, have time to work out, take care of yourself because yeah. you can take care of yourself and you have the energy to go take care of your clients. And, and they do that piece, Manny, in the sense of like the organization, but like taking care of yourself. Oh, it's huge. Like, yo, trainers, like obviously it's hard to, to kind of, not, it's not that it's hard. To your point, like you're busy all the time. You're so worried about your clients that you forget about yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And like in, in, when you're up early and you're, you're staying up late at night, it becomes a kick. Like it kicks your ass in a sense. Oh, it does. It does. And it takes a hit on your, your energy. Yeah. You're not feeding your body with the right nutrition. And, mm-hmm. and then you're just like, you're not feeling as, as good as you were when you were kind of having that routine. So I think that is like a critical piece of like, obviously, even if it is just 30 minutes, right? Like that's time for yourself. Just time to just kind of exact gather yourself. Just kind of just unwind a little bit. Cause think about you're on your feet all day talking to these people. And one thing, a, a 
dog training is they're coming for you. They're, they're, they're paying X amount of dollars to come see you for that hour, half hour, whatever it is. And they want you at your best. So you can be able to be able to, okay, you know, motivate them or coach them through it, you know, because they can think about it. There are so many trainers out there, like you said, saturated market, but they chose to train with you, right? So you want to be able to be the one that, okay, they're coming to see me. I have to give them the best version of me I can. How can I do that if I'm an empty stomach or I'm exhausted from the night before? Or, you know, so that's one thing I will say is getting a good schedule, getting structured to be able to take care of yourself. Exactly. Be your best. Without a doubt. And I, and I think it is, it's, it's, especially to like, it's, it's harder early on. I think Manny, when you are trying to hustle and like, you're just like, dude, I'm just trying to fill the book. Like I want to fill my, you know, 100%. sometimes that sacrifice of doing too much, you almost sacrifice your own personal health and well-being, And, and that's, you know, the most important aspect of it. hundred percent. Like when you first start out, like you'll be like, Oh, there's a client tomorrow at 5 a.m. I'll take it. But you got a client night before 10 o'clock. So now you're like, damn, like I'm getting five hours of sleep. <laughs> But I'm grinding at first, and I, that's one part. At first, starting out, like you were like, you know, I'm really going through all this, you know, losing sleep here and there just to build my book of business. But I feel like we've all been there. Like it definitely takes time to pour. Yeah. Now, okay, now I'm comfortable with my schedule. I, I know what I have going on, and I'm in control of it myself. I love it. Without a doubt, and like that's kind of the sales aspect of, of being a trainer, right? Like you're you're basically selling yourself, your your own it is. stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. That's the service that people are willing to buy. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've had the sales experience in the corporate world and honestly, bro, like when Same. you're selling something that you believe in, it's so mm. much easier to sell it. Yeah. Right. Like when you're selling stuff that like, all right, like I, I hate to think I get it. If you can, if you're a good seller, you can sell anything. I get that mm. but morally. I don't like selling shit. I don't believe in like, it's yeah. like I'm not trying to push this client or a future client to buy a crappy product. You know what mm. I'm saying? But it's a lot easier when you believe in yourself and you're just like, Hey, like I can help you. You know, I will say when, when I first started training, I, uh, I feel like I wasn't as confident as a trainer, as confident as a salesman or a trainer. Cause I'm looking at these prices. I'm like, damn, who's going to pay this amount of money for training? That's a lot of money. So I wasn't, you know, I was like, Dude, I feel like they really don't need this. You know, I know I'm not saying I, I wasn't saying it to them, but I kind of thought the back of my mind, like they really don't need this. Right. And then I actually like you, I worked in a corporate job for a little bit for about seven mm-hmm. months. I left. I worked at a recruiting firm, uh, twenty nineteen to start up until where I got the job at RC until mm-hmm. June. And it was there, just sitting in a cubicle nine hours a day. I realized, damn, I, I feel myself, you know, getting like, you know, I feel myself getting smaller, getting a little chunkier here and there. <laughs> feel my posture taking the hit. I feel like I got you know back pain again. Yeah. That's when I realized, well, training actually is needed to certain people. And I would go, I talk about it still, like for clients, like clients of mine that sit in cubicle nine hours a day, yep. they definitely, if they go in the gym by themselves, they might get hurt than what they're doing. So now it's my job to make sure that, okay, they're doing things correctly so they don't get hurt because they can hurt and they can't work, take care that's of their cool. health. That's when I first really got, then, then when I got the job at RC, that's when I kind of really got confident in myself. I'm like, you know what? I'm confident as a trainer. I know exactly like what is needed because I've gone through the corporate wellness for the corporate part. Yeah. Realized, okay. It takes a toll on your body, believe it or not. And 100%. training is needed for them. So dude, the thing is, Manny, and like now I'm sure you realize, but like people are going to spend the money. hundred percent. Because the best like, thing they, is, like they're willing to because they understand that you can provide them value and that you're probably 100%. someone that they wouldn't mind spending an hour with because in their head it's it's time away from their wife or time away mm-hmm. from their husband that's annoying them or their mm-hmm. kids. 
Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That hour with you is like, it could be their highlight of their day. Exactly. Right. And when you start framing in that, in that sense, like Mm -hmm. you start respecting your own value of, of what's my Mm -hmm. hour worth and not like rip them off, but you knowing you as a man, like you understand your worth and your value of time, you know? And that's one thing also, when I first started, I feel like I didn't know how valuable I am as a trainer until I saw the other side and I realized, okay, now I know why training is valuable. And now how do I make myself valuable to them? It goes again to kind of taking care of yourself too. So you're able to take care of them. Without a doubt. Without, and I, I love that piece. And I've been kind of close to training um, from there. My last question for you, Manny, is um, your transition from being an athlete into kind of training, obviously there's the transition of just being around fitness, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess, what was it like taking the helmet off and, you know, hanging up the cleats, that transition, was it, was it tougher? Obviously with you, it's like the injury happened and stuff like that. But I guess talk about your experience of just like kind of hanging the cleats up. It was, that, it was, it was tough because think about it. I've been playing football since I was seven years old. Yeah. Right. So it's a big part of my life. And now that I'm no longer playing, it's, I feel like at first, when I first graduated, I will say I kind of, I'm not that I was depressed, but I felt a little empty when I first graduated. Cause like now I'm no longer what I was for the past 15 years of my life. You know, right. now I'm missing a part of me a little bit. It de- definitely took time a little bit to find that next thing to obsess over. I will say mm-hmm. that's one thing I obsessed football was my obsession. I still love it still, but I obsessed over it for right. X amount of years for training and watching and learning the game. And now that I'm no longer doing that, I have to find a new obsession. And luckily, that's actually around the time when I said I first started this app with my friend. And that's my new obsession is working on this, making sure that it's best, it's the best possible app that it could be. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, so I mean, if this goes on to, to be the next big thing, I would love to. If it doesn't, though, it's my new obsession. You know, that's one thing that I will say that transition was finding your new obsession to obsess over. Yeah. And I, I love that, Duke. I think it's it's easy to just go and, and find that corporate job and just get comfortable, right? 100%. That, like, I, I just try to challenge myself, man. It's like, just just once you feel comfortable, you know that you're, you're, in, a, you're in a bad spot. Yeah. It's flat out, right? And like, that, mm-hmm. even like for me, like right now, just like going through this Murph, like it, it's not like, man, it's, it's like annoying. It's, at this point, it's like, it's oh, annoying gosh. to just even do. Yeah. But for me, it's like, it, it's a challenge, right? It's like every yeah. single day, I'm like, damn, like, all right. Like I got to bring some high level of focus to complete that workout, right? And it's a test for myself. Like it looks crazy. I'm not allowed to you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not doing it for for the likes or the like. I'm just really trying to like test my own mind. You oh, know, yeah. even on some, just on some David Goggins. Like, I was watching Goggins and, and Joe Rogan's podcast yesterday, and like when I hear him just talk about like how quickly or how easily like, anything can be done mm-hmm. as soon as you shift the way you think about it, and like the, the mentality, yeah. Like the mentality of like being up, finding that new obsession, obsession. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, fire you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you and I went to go play football at Division One school, so we were obsessed with football. We we had to be. You have to practice on on for like you said, you know, on days where it's annoying. Like you know, like say you wake up and your friends are going to the beach. You have you have, you have, you have, you have to train at eight o'clock in the morning. You know, it's like damn, it's kind of annoying. I want to be able to go sleep and go to the beach, but and then you're obsessed over it. And you realize, okay, this will help me out on the field. So you're doing that. And that's one thing that I was missing because, you know, being, if you play uh, any sport at Division one level or any, in any collegiate level, for example, you have to be competitive. You have to be or else you're not going to succeed. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I'm, I'm competitive in a way that, okay, I no longer can compete in uh, football. 
but what can I obsess over and compete in that? So now it's turned into, okay, my app that I'm working on with my uh, friend of mine. So that's my new obsession. That and obviously trying to grow my training business the best it can be. And then the best part about it is that they coexist. So I love it. And, and that's, that's the best, Manny. When your passion and your actual career kind of coincide, mm -hmm. talk about sacrifice. Like you're going to be willing to put more time into it because you love oh. it. Right. Yeah. I think that's kind of the end all be all. It's not necessarily how much money you make mm -hmm. from this app or from training, but the fact that you're able to chase after a new passion, because you got to think like most people like talk about you talk about you thought you played football a long time, Manny, mm -hmm. like your career in life is it's even longer, three times, four times the length of it. Right. Yeah. So if you think about that, it's like people that spend most of their life not liking what they do. It kind of sucks. Yeah. hundred percent. Be able to sit here at 25, 26, 25, 24, 25, whatever it is. Um, to, to be able to have that thing that you're chasing after is awesome. You know, and like, yeah. I think for people listening to this, that's what it's all about. It's not that you have to, find, to be a trainer as a former athlete. No, like if it's digital marketing, if it is being a lawyer or a doctor, like, find out that passion for yourself. Whatever you're obsessed over. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it only works if, if you're actually obsessed about it. It can't be what your mom or your sister or your coach or your friends are telling you to do. It's mm -hmm. got to be what you actually want to do. You know, like I like to say, it, whatever give you, whatever makes you wake up in the morning happy and gives you purpose. You know, something that you want to wake up. Okay, I'm excited to work on this. Like for me, for so long, it was like I'm excited to go to practice. Honestly, I didn't mind practice sometimes. So some days I hated practice, but you know what? In the day, it's doing what I love. So I don't mind it. I don't mind doing this football. Right. When that's done. I need to find something else to do that. And that's when at first, it's, as I said, I graduated. It took me like a month and a half to two months to find that new obsession. And like I said, I wasn't like overly depressed, but definitely you feel missing a little bit that I got a competitor inside. And that's one thing that I'm lucky to have found. Yeah. Um, Dude, sometimes like you gotta, you gotta try different things to find out what you yeah. like and don't like. Right. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. not everyone, like, dude, some, someone might find it at 35. Yeah. It might not be for another five, 10 years. Like, right. Like you're mm -hmm. not going to you don't have to figure it out at 23 at 29. Like there's no time gap or time deadline. Right. 100%. I think it's like once you do find it, double down on it and then move forward, you know? Yeah. And then, and in the long run, you'll be happier. Because, like, I, when, when I, I first started training, the job, uh, training um, at the Central State Gym, mm -hmm. I was like, uh, I felt, I felt like training wasn't enough in a way. So I don't know how to explain this. I, I felt like I got that job. I wasn't like working in a real job because I, I didn't work in nine to five. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like I, I wasn't really working. So, in a way, I kind of felt like, all right, let me, let me not get comfortable. Let me try the corporate life and do that for a little bit. And I did it because I wanted to kind of just feel like I was. You wanted to taste know, it. You know, not even that. I wanted to feel, I, I, used, I wanted to feel important. I, I felt like my job as a trainer wasn't important enough. I, I wanted to be a corporate, a corporate job to feel important and work on <laughs> go to work in the buttoned up shirt. And I realized, okay. I used to wake up and I hate, I hate this. I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't hate this. Let me go back to what I love. And luckily I'm back now. And honestly, I can honestly say I've been happier in so long. So that's awesome, man. That, yeah. That's honestly, I like to just honestly close on that. Like I think finding your passion, what fires you up is the most important thing you can do. Um, May before, uh, before we open it up, um, I want to ask you one best way for people to reach out to you. So best way for me, uh, is definitely either through phone, shoot me a text or call, social media wise. Um, yeah, I have two accounts. Well, actually, I have, I have three now with my app uh, account, which uh, is up. Uh, but my personal account, Manny Morigato, 
Um, my training account is made by underscore Manny. And then my app account is jimdex.fit. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to put these all in the show notes. So for, for people that are listening, if you want to follow any of those pages, definitely yeah. um, reach and, out to Manny. And one little plug here, I guess, you know, is obviously I know right now there's a tough time for trainers out there. Uh, gyms are closed and whatnot. So one thing that I've, like I have a, right now, a good amount of trainers using my app is now that you, if you're not working at a gym and whatnot, your clients still require the training because you worked so hard with them for the months and years you had them. And now you, know, you want them to drop off. So one thing, trainers out there, um, go ahead and go to gymdex.fit. Um, it's our, our website. You can see our product, sign up. It's only $5 a month. And you can start training your clients through there, sending programs and still growing your business. That's one yeah. thing that training you, like we talked about is growing your business. So hundred percent. So it's very easy to like the app, like you literally can make out your workout yeah. and send it right to their phone. Yeah. It's, it's very simple. All you do is send them a link to your phone. Uh, they have the work on their link and you know, just like the trainers out there are, are struggling. So we got to help them out. So I, I use, I mean, obviously I use cause it's mine, but a lot of trainers out there are using it and I've had nothing free review. So go ahead and download that. Definitely. Awesome. Well, dude, man, I appreciate you being a guest, dude. I know, obviously, with what's happening with Corona and everything, we're all kind of stuck at home. So I appreciate you just taking an hour out of here. It's important. Support my guy, you know, a fellow trainer. That's all. That's all it is, man. I appreciate you being a guest. Um, Other than that, that is a wrap. Athletes Marathon Podcast number 11 here. Signing off, man. Boom. Thank you for listening to the Athletes Marathon Podcast. We want to make sure you stay connected with our guest, so we'll have access to the show notes and our latest episodes on our website head over to www.theathletesmarathon.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next week, thanks again for listening.